What's going on, everybody? I hope everybody had a happy new year, a good Christmas, a happy holidays, happy Hanukkah, whatever it is you celebrate. I hope it was a good one. Um, remember to follow me on Instagram and Twitter, Instagram Punch in the Mouth Official. I'd and then Twitter, official underscore P-I-T-M. Alright guys, deuces, here we go, 2022, let's start it off with a bang, later. going on everybody 2022 here we are i knew i knew i know i said i was gonna be back until the week of the calvin cater giga chikatse fight but i was originally gonna do this show for my youtube channel with somebody but i figured out a different show i wanted to do with that same person so i'm gonna do the PITM award shows today and then we're going to look at Calvin Cater versus Giga Chikatse. That's how we're going to start this show off. We're going to do that first and then we're going to get into the award show and then we're going to look into fighters to look out for in 2022 and we'll end the day by saying hello to 2022. Okay, here we go. Giga Chikatse versus Calvin Cater or Calvin Cater versus Giga Chikatse. However you want to say it. Honestly, does that really matter at this point? I mean, we know their names. I guess it does matter because one is in the blue corner, the other one's in the red. So, I guess it does matter. It does matter, Adrian, okay? It does matter. And the reason I keep repeating myself is because I might have closed the tab where I had it open. So, give me three seconds okay here we go january 15th the ufc starts their year with calvin cater versus giga chikatze in the comment event we got muslim muslim sorry muslim psyche hov versus michael pieta Michelle Pijeda, I said Michael, but it's Michelle Pijeda. Kaylin Chukagan is going to fight Jennifer Maya. And Brendan Royval is fighting Rodrigo Bontorin. Bontorin, sorry, Bontorin. First off, Calvin Cater versus Giga Chikatze. What a way to start off the year, man. I can't believe this is the first fight of the year. There's a couple X-Factors. For this is Calvin Cater's durability. For Giga, it's the Giga Kick. The Giga Kick, I don't remember if it's the left or right kick, but it's basically a liver kick. He hits that. 
his opponents go down. He's been doing it since his kickboxing days. It's just a regular, don't think there's anything flashy to it. It's just a regular body kick to the liver. Like, oh my God. And it's gotten to the point where we know it's coming, but it doesn't matter because nobody's going to be able to stop it. Can you guys believe that? Like, imagine that you know somebody's going to do something to you, but it didn't. It's like when Ronda Rousey was on top. We all knew she was probably going to win by armbar, but the girls couldn't stop it. And then eventually Holly Holmes came around and just stood with her. What rank is Giga? I think Giga's like number eight. That's off the top of my head. Let me see. Off the top of my head, Giga Chikatse is ranked number eight. He's, he is number eight, and Calvin Cater is number five. So with the win, Giga is looking at the Korean Zombie, Yair Rodriguez, and Brian Ortega as potential opponents if he fights up. Because he he'll easily hop over Arnold Allen and Josh Emmett. He should take Calvin Cater's win. The X factor for Calvin Cater is durability. Don't you remember the beating Max Holloway was putting on him? By no way or shape is this an easy fight for Giga Chikate. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's the favorite. If Giga is the favorite, it's because people are falling for the hype. And is there some merit to the hype? Sure, but there's also hype to Calvin Cater. See, look. I was right. There's hype on Chikate. Right now for five for five dimes. That's the website. The current odds are plus one ninety five for Cater and minus two thirty five for Giga Chikate. For bet online it's plus one ninety eight for Cater and minus two thirty three for Chikate. For DraftKings, which is probably the most famous one, he's at a plus 190, and while Giga's at a minus 235. For FanDuel, he's at a plus 205, and my bookie too, he's at a plus 205, where in my bookie, Giga's a minus 245, and then he's a minus 250 on FanDuel. People are falling into the hype. I don't know if that's a good thing. Because you guys do remember he went five rounds with Max Holloway, right? That's where Max was yelling, I'm the best boxer. I'm the best boxer in the UFC. The dude's got durability. The dude's got durability. Michel Pejera versus Muslim. Sakihov. Salikov, Salikov, Muslim Salikov versus Michelle Pejeda. It's a crazy fight. What's crazy about it is Michelle Pejeda's unpredictability, right? Is he gonna? Is he, how many flips is he gonna do? Is he, did he recently watch The Matrix and think he could run up the side of the wall and like they do in that movie? It's a good movie, by the way. Don't listen to what people tell you. Go watch it for yourself. Like that, that, that has a bunch of question marks. And then for the last, we'll talk about 
Yeah, last fight. Kaylin Chukagian. Of course, I think she's coming off a win. I just forget against who is fighting Jennifer Maya. She's coming off two wins. Kaylin is. She's fighting Jennifer Maya. Well, I believe Jennifer's last fight was against Valentina Shevchenko. No, Jessica I. Sorry, it was against Jessica I. She fought on the Conor McGregor card? I don't remember. Was she on the prelims? Probably, probably. She was probably on the prelims. That's a crazy fight. Again, the way I see Caitlyn winning. Stand up. The way Jennifer wins. Get it to the ground. Armbar choke. Some. So yeah, that's the first card of, I believe any type of you, not any any type of major MMA organization, because I believe Bellator, Bellator doesn't come back until the end of the the month, with Ryan Bader versus Valentin Moldovsky. So we'll see what happens, but that's crazy, man. Okay, it's time to get into it. Oh, no, no, no. We're going to look back at 2021. 2021, man. A crazy year. We started the year off with what? The return of the great Conor McGregor. We didn't know what was going to happen with this pandemic. We honestly still don't know. That's a very sad reality we're living in right now. Especially with Omicron and all that stuff. But as far as fight, fan go, fight fans go... We were really happy to see Conor McGregor back in the cage. No matter if you love him or hate him, you were happy to see him. For me, around that time, because that was even before the vaccines came out and stuff. That was one of the happier moments of my year up to that point. And I know what you're thinking. Like, Adrian, if we were one month into 2021, how are, is that a happy moment if we were barely into one month? It really was, man. Seeing Connor, I got my Irish flag out. I was just a fan that day. I wasn't, I wasn't a podcaster. I wasn't a quote-unquote journalist trying to report news. I just wanted to be a fan that day, and that's what I was. That's what I was. So when Connor came back, he fought Dustin. That's when he used that weird boxing-only style. And it was working for him. It was working for him up until it didn't. And Dustin found the calf kick. And Connor didn't know what to do because Connor was even trying to bend down and catch it at one point. Remember that? You guys remember? It was crazy, man. And then February rolled around and like. Because the Conor McGregor fight was so big, like the Usman Burns fight didn't feel as big, which was sad to an extent. But still, like, it was still pre a pretty big deal, right? Like, it was a big deal. That's when we all saw that Usman was going into his own. Because I remember going into that fight thinking, okay. 
Burns has the advantage on the feet. <laughs> and he has the BJJ to not want to let Kamar Usman take him down. A huge ground pill, you know what I mean? But that was before we all knew the type of knockout power Kamar Usman had. He had already knocked out Kobe Covington the first time at this point. Keep that in mind. Keep that in mind, okay? He had already knocked out Kobe Covington. But February was just the beginning of what Usman showed for the rest of the year. And then after he beats Burns, he he goes on the mic and he calls out Jorge Mazadol without saying his name. He said, this guy keeps saying my name. The only reason I beat him is because he didn't have a full training cap. He's like, bro, I'll give you a full training cap. He said if he had another two weeks. Something along those lines. So Usman's rebuttal that he's like, I'll give you a full training cap. And once I beat you, what are you going to say then? And he, it was a self-fulfilling prophecy because not only does he beat Jorge Mazadal, he knocks him out cold, stiff. Like, it wasn't a TKO. It was a clean knockout. A clean one. Limpio. Senor Usman. Jorge had his moments in the fight, but... It was just a clean knockout, bro. Clean knockout. But I went too much forward in time. Let's go back to March. Remember March? Do you guys remember the fact that Francis Ngannou knocked out Stipe Miocic cold? He showed his wrestling. He trained with Teddy Alice. I don't know. He trained with Teddy Alice at some point. I don't know if it was just on a day Teddy Alice went to the gym. If it was specifically for the fight, I don't know. I don't have that type of information to give you right now, but... I do know that he worked with Teddy Alice. He worked on his wrestling. This was the Francis they needed in July of 20... Not July, January of 2019, 2018. When he fought for the belt the first time. This is the Francis they needed. The Francis that was the complete fighter. The Francis that checked his ego at the door. Because Francis going into that fight, January 18th. 2018 was it January 18th it was January 20 something I'll look but back in 2018 Francis was really feeling himself and he even said leading up to that fight I don't need to train I can already beat him he said something to the effect that you don't really learn anything new in training camp you just Get yourself in shape and sharpen the tools you already know. You don't really learn anything new. When I heard that, I'm like, this guy. This was the Francis of 2018. When I heard that, I heard him say those type of things. I'm like, does this guy really know what he's getting himself into in in his next fight? So his first title fight was... I was right, January 20th. I went to Bellator that day. 
But point being, I was right. Okay. So he lost his deep bay back in 2018, and then in July, he has that boring fight with Derek Lewis. Something clicked after that fight because when he fought Curtis Blades, he knocks him out in China. He knocked out Cain Velasquez. I believe they fought in Arizona. Yes. And then that was before the pandemic hit because he fought in June. He fought JDS after Kane in June. In June. Then. He didn't fight again until almost a year later on May 9th. When he beat Yazinia Rosenstrike. And then he fought again for the belt in March of last year. Point being, within one, two, three, four. Five fights after. Something clicked. I'll say four because the other one he lost. I don't know what was going on when he fought Derek Lewis. I don't know if he was afraid of Derek Lewis's power. But when he fought Curtis Blaze the second time, when he fought Cain Velasquez, when he fought JDS, when he fought Rosinho, something clicked for him because once he stepped into that cage with Stipe again, he knew what he had to do. I don't know if Kamar Usman being in his corner had anything to do with it, but he knew. He knew what he had to do and he did it. He not only beat Stipe, he controlled him the whole fight. Stipe landed a good shot and I believe hurt Francis. And so Stipe threw defense into the fire and just tried to blast him again. But Francis countered him and knocked him out cold. And then Francis becomes your heavyweight champion of the world. We already talked about. Usman versus Masvidal. Another thing we need to talk about on that card. The first fight between Rose Namajunas and Wei Li Zhang. Wei Li was going in as the champion. Everybody thought she was going to run right through Rose. And then boom. Rose changes everybody's mind with the head kick. I don't even want to call that head kick. That was a face kick. She took it right to the face. She didn't even hit her in the head. She hit her in the face. Okay. And... Left Whaley reeling. Fast forward May. You had that big fight with Leon Edwards and Nate Diaz. Unfortunately, Nate Diaz gets a cut. They move it to June. You still had the Benio Darius Tony Ferguson fight. Benio dominates Tony Ferguson. And then you had the title fight, Mike Chandler versus Charles Oliveira. I I skipped over Michael Chandler's debut. He debuted earlier in the year on the Conor McGregor card. And he won via knockout against Dan Hooker. Fast forward to May, he fights for the vacant belt because officially Habib vacated the belt. So they do Oliveira versus Chandler for the vacant belt. Chandler's winning the fight, okay? Like, it got to the point where Oliveira took his back, nearly chokes him. Michael's able to turn around and starts grounding and pounding him and almost knocks him out in the fight. Round two starts. Chandler's looking to do more of the same. Oliveira had different ideas. 
He clips Chandler and beats him within like the first minute of the second round. June rolls around. Oh, wait, wait, wait. So, and then April comes in. They do the second fight between Patricio Pitbull, Ferry, and Emmanuel Sanchez. Patricio wins by guillotine choke, chokes out Emmanuel Sanchez. Late 2020, I believe AJ had already beat Darren Caldwell in the semifinal, so that set up their mega fight. So going back to June, we go June. Israel Adesanya versus Marvin Vittori 2, featuring Davison Figueiredo versus Brendan Moreno, who was a rematch from late 2020. That ended up being a draw. So they did the rematch. And then also featuring the first five-round non-main event fight between Nate Diaz and Leon Edwards. So we start Nate Diaz-Leon Edwards. It looks like Leon's about to coast to a five-round unanimous decision win when Nate lands the classic 1-2, nearly rocks Leon with one minute left. I don't know if Nate didn't notice that he wasn't rocked or like if he was more worried about pointing and making fun at him I remember losing my mind so there's that fast forward Moreno versus Figueredo 2 Moreno dominates the fight I skipped the whole event in March son of a gun I'll go back to it This is Israel's second fight trying to bounce back from his loss to Jan Brakovic versus versus Jan Brakovic when he moved up to light heavyweight. So he defends his middleweight belt and sort of a lackluster performance when it comes to Israel. But Israel had to do what he had to do. He wins the fight. Let's rewind. There was two UFC pay-per-views in March. That's why I got confused. Sorry. So the first one featured... Three title fights. Peter Young versus Aljamain Sterling. Amanda Nunes versus Megan Anderson at featherweight. And Jan Brakovic versus Israel Adesanya for the light heavyweight belt. First one. Starts off great. Aljo looks like he's in the fight. And slowly but surely, Peter starts to take over round three. You really start to see it in round three. Round four comes around. There was miscommunication. Peter blasts him with an illegal knee. People say Aljo was acting like at this point it doesn't matter. Aljo couldn't continue. He becomes the new UFC bantamweight champion. I was supposed to say lightweight champion. Bantamweight champion. There was miscommunication. I don't think Peter's a dirty fighter. I think there was just miscommunication. That's all there was. Going into the next fight. Amanda is Blitzes Megan Anderson. Then Megan Anderson goes wide eye. And she ends up finishing off with a reverse triangle armbar choke. Going into the main event. People were writing up Jan Brakovic. Jan Brakovic showed Israel Asanya that this was a whole new weight class. He stood with him. With not a lot of fighters could do. He won rounds. And in the 4th and 5th was able to take him down. And win the 4th and 5th round convincingly. Going into July, 
the third fight between Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor. Now, this one had a little backstory to it, right? Because Conor, after the second fight, agreed to donate to Dustin's charity that he helps out his community with, which is great. And then Dustin took that to Twitter and said that Conor never donated, which brought back what people are saying mean McGregor were like he like he, there were no friends and all this stuff, and they were saying a bunch of stuff to each other. And Conor said, because you know how they get interviewed right after they weigh in, Conor says like, "I'm gonna put you in the hospital tomorrow night," and I mean it. You're gonna you're gonna be out on a stretcher. Because Conor didn't appreciate the fact that he tried to run his name through the mud. The irony in that is that Conor, that's when Conor broke his foot. So Conor was the one. And then that's when you get the iconic picture of Conor being upset. And Joe Rogan sitting right there at his side. That's July, right? We go into August. August, it was kind of a downer that was Cyril Gon versus, I don't know, wait, so that was the beginning of July, the end of July, you go Bellator, AJ McKee versus Patricio Pitbull, AJ McKee shocks everybody, winning the tournament, he's probably the biggest star outside of the UFC, and 2022, it's set up, if he plays his cards right, to be an even bigger star, whether it be with Bellator or somebody else. So now August, Lewis versus Gain for the interim belt because there was some stuff going down. And honestly, like, that was, the, like, personally for me, that was the major start in all of this, right? Because that's when I started getting connections. That's when I emailed... Francis Ngannou's manager, Markel Martin. And he actually got back to me. Like, that's when all this started. And he had told me, like, we accepted a fight in September. I don't know what happened. At the end of the day, none of that matters. Cyril Gaon beats Derek Lewis convincingly to become the interim champion, which sets up. Nganu versus Gain right now in January. September, International Fight Week. That was headlined by Alexander Volkanovsky versus Brian Ortega. They used the Ultimate Fighter to hype this fight up. The co main event was Valentina Chipchenko versus. I'm gonna see it and get mad. Lauren Murphy, I couldn't remember. This one she fought Lauren Murphy. And then, of course, Curtis Blades beats Rosinho Rosenstrike. Jessica Andrade beats Cynthia Calvillo. And then, of course, Robbie Lawler beats the return of Nick Diaz. <laughs> they put right here TKO Retirement. <laughs> Wikipedia, you are funny. Um, UFC 266. I was excited, man. Although, I did have my suspicions when I saw they wanted to um, move the Nick Diaz fight because I love Nick Diaz. People that don't know, I really do love Nick Diaz. 
I was suspicious that something was going on with Nick when they uh, when they suddenly wanted to move the fight to middleweight the week of the fight, and then I saw his his physique. He didn't look like he was in the best of shape. If if Nick were to come back this year, would I watch? Yes, but only if he's in shape. Like if he comes back again out of shape, I honestly don't want to watch it. Well, I probably watch it, sure, but I won't expect a lot. He was doing good, and then I think he broke his nose. Like, yeah, that's it. That's why they put right here TKO retirement. Whoever put that, that's hilarious. <laughs> TKO retirement. Um, before I move on, cause if you notice, I've only been talking about the big fights. One fight that I forgot, two fights I forgot to mention were. Darren Till versus Derek Brunson. That was a great fight. That's it. Gary Cannonier versus Derek Brunson right now on January 22nd. Title eliminator. Mm. And then the other one is, there's actually a few. Because you got the return of TJ Dillashaw versus Corey Sanhagen. That was a great fight. You had... Islam Mahashev versus Tiago Moises. The return of Misha Tate was also on that card. That was a good fight. You had Rob Fon versus Cody Garbrandt. That was a good fight. Good fight for for Cody. I mean, Rob, sorry. And then one fight that I was really impressed with was Yuri Prochatska versus Dominic Reyes. That was a great fight. I'm a big fan of both guys. I don't think we knew how good Yuri Prochatska was. Because people familiar with Yuri Prochatska were saying he could win this fight. Because I thought Dominic Reyes was going to win this hands down. But Yuri had other ideas. That was a great fight. I hope to see... So Yuri, right now, is rumored he's going to be the next title challenger, which is, I can't wait for that. I can't wait to see what Reyes does next. Big fan of both guys. I honestly want to see Dominic Reyes fight Anthony Smith. And I didn't see this fight, but another breakout star is, I was going to say Jessica Rodriguez, but her name is Marina Rodriguez. Another breakout star, they just announced she's going to fight Jan Shinian. Which kind of upsets me because she her last fight she beat Mackenzie Dern who submitted Jan Shinian. But if that's the best fight Marina could get, good on her, man. Costa versus Vittori was a good fight, even with all the craziness that was. The next big fight was... Jan Brakovic versus Glover Teixeira. This card was stacked. Of course, this was the return of Fight Island. And they did it a week apart from... So it was UFC 267, which was... It, they didn't give you a pay-per-view charge. You just had to have ESPN Plus and wake up early. And then a week after was UFC 268. So UFC 267, Glover Teixeira defeat Jan Brakovic in the second round. Crazy. 
Peter Young becomes the interim light. I was going to say lightweight. Bantamweight champion. That was a crazy fight. He was originally supposed to rematch Aljamain starting, but something happened with Aljo's neck. Um, Islam Mahashev beats Dan Hooker. Alexander Volkov beats Marjan Tabora. Hamzat the Wolf Chimaev beats Liji Lang. Magomed Akilai beats Volkan Ozdemir. Crazy, man. Crazy, crazy, crazy. And then we move on to November, UFC 268. Kamar Usman beats Colby Covington in a great fight. Rose Namajunas beats Wei Li Jiang again. Or Yang Wei. Is her name Wei Li Gang or Yang Wei Li? I don't know. And then Marlon Vera beats Frankie Edgar. Shane Burgos beats Billy Quantanello. Justin Gaethje beats Michael Chandler. Alex Pereira beats Andres Michalides. Bobby Green beats Ali Aquina. Chris Curtis beats Phil Haas. Chris Barnes be- beats John Vellante. That was UFC 268. So when this fight card came around, I'm like, dude, I don't know who's going to win any of these fights. I mean, you have your, your ideas, right? Because I did say I was going to stop doing predictions by this point and stuff like that. Which I do, I don't do anymore. I don't do that because I don't want people getting upset at me and stuff like that. And when I ask them to come on the shows, well, not on this show, because this show I just like to talk. But like for my YouTube channel, that's what I hope to do in the future. I don't want them to hear this and be like, oh, you picked against me when I was going to go against so and so and stuff like that. So at this point, I'm like, dude, anybody. On the main card can win any of these fights. And then the week after we had Holloway versus Rodriguez. That was a great fight. And then. Virna versus Tate. And then Rob fought. Jose Aldo. I don't know if it's Jose or Jose. A.K.A. the Tom Brady of the UFC. And then the week after that, we had Oliveira versus Poirier. That was a crazy fight. They were all crazy. Especially that Comina and Juliana Pena versus Amanda Nunes. I don't think anybody saw that coming. And then the last fight of the year was Derek Lewis versus Chris Dacus. Derek Lewis bounced back. And then Bulal Muhammad beat Stephen Thompson. And then Amanda Lemus beats Angela Hill. Ricky Simone beats Rafael Asansao. Cub Swanson beats Derek Elkins. Crazy, crazy year 2021 was. And 2022 shaping up to be no different, man. 
We shall see what happened. We shall see, we shall see. Is it time? It's time. It's time for the Punch in the Mouth MMA Awards. There's not going to be a lot of awards. I just picked very generic ones. I, I, I put a lot of thought into this. But we're going to start off with Female Submission of the Year. The nominees are Mackenzie Dern when she defeated Nina Nunez via armbar at UFC on ABC2. Amanda Nunez versus Megan Anderson won by reverse triangle choke UFC 259. Talia Santos beats Joanne Wood at UFC on ESPN Plus 56 by rear naked choke. And then last but not least, Juliana Pena beats Amanda Nunes via rear naked choke at UFC 269. And the winner is Juliana Pena defeats Amanda Nunes at UFC 269 via rear naked choke. The reason I picked this is why. Nobody thought this was going to happen. I don't want to hear that uh, Amanda gave up. Like, that's irrelevant. Did you think Juliana Pena was going to choke out Amanda Nunes? Did you think that? Did you think that? Tell me you thought that because if you did, I'll ask you for the lotto numbers. It doesn't matter if you think Amanda got tired and just gave up. I don't care about that because you can say the same thing when Nate. Sunk in the rear naked choke on Connor. He tapped. Okay. Like I don't care. So Juliana Pena for me wins submission of the year. If you think somebody else wins. Great. Let me know about it in the comment section. Male submission of the year. The nominees are. Patricio Pitbull. Versus Emmanuel Sanchez, guillotine choke, Bellator 255. AJ McKee beats Patricio Pitbull, guillotine choke, Bellator 263. Andre Muniz beats Ronaldo Jacare Souza via armbar at UFC 262. Charles Oliveira beats Dustin Poirier via rear naked choke at UFC 269. The winner is Andre Muniz versus Ronaldo Jacare Souza via armbar at UFC 262. The reason I picked this is I understand Jacare is getting up there in age, but if you understand the cult, like this is an ADCC champion, okay? ADCC is the highest honor you can get in jiu-jitsu. No gi. I understand he's getting up there in age, but the fact that Andre Muniz was able to get an arm bar on this guy, he didn't tap, he breaks his arm, he wins by submission, and then Jacare retires, that's some street cred right there, man. Of course, the runners-up for me were 
Patricio Pitbull versus Emmanuel Sanchez because he left them sleeping that he just let it go. And then AJ McKee also left Patricio sleeping. But still, there's no beating. Because for me, when you get an award, I have to look at who you did it against. Like I did with Amanda Nunes and Juliana Pena. So what do you guys think so far? Am I doing good? Is this lame? Let me know. I do want to do more award shows in the future. The reason I didn't end up doing this on my YouTube channel was because everybody was doing them. And we all, everybody had similar winners and I just didn't want it to seem that I was copying these people because I wasn't. Oh, look, Ariel Hawani just had a feel-good moment of the year, and I think he gave it to Nick Diaz and George St. Pierre when Nick went to the back, or Nick was in the back, and him and George shook hands. Okay. Let's do... Let's see, what did I do? Submission of the year? Let's do fight of the year. Fight of the year. The nominees are Alexander Volkanovsky versus Brian Ortega, UFC 266. Justin Gaethje versus Michael Chandler, UFC 268. Yuri Prochatska versus Dominic Reyes, UFC on ESPN 23. And then Charles Oliveira versus Dustin Poirier, UFC 269. And the winner is Justin Gaethje versus Michael Chandler at UFC 268. I know a lot of people wanted, probably thought Alex Volkanovski versus Brian Ortega would have won. The only reason I didn't pick that is because... I saw that as a one-sided mauling. Did Brian have his moments in that fight? Sure. He had him in the guillotine choke. He had him in the triangle choke. But, can you honestly tell me that you couldn't see Michael Chandler winning the Justin Gaethje fight in a game of inches? Could you? And then the only reason I didn't give Yuri Prochaska versus Dominic Reyes the fight of the year is because it only went two rounds. So for me, Justin versus Michael, you get you get fight of the year. Congratulations to those two. Coach of the year. The nominees are Trevor Whitman, Whitman MMA, Eugene Behrman, City Kickboxing, Habib Nurmagomedov, Ego MMA slash AKA. Mike Brown slash Conan Salveria, American top team. And the winner is Trevor Whitman of Whitman MMA. The reason I picked Trevor was because he doesn't have a lot of fighters. He only has three. It used to only be two. No, he used to have a bunch. 
but then he windled it down to three. Those three fighters are Rose Namajunas, Yunus, UFC strawweight champion, Justin Gaethje, UFC lightweight number one contender, and Kamar Usman, UFC welterweight champion. And could easily be the UFC middleweight champion if he so choose to. I honestly believe that. What's even more impressive, if you look at what they did just this year alone, Kamaru wins in April, so does Rose. Trevor's 2-0. And then you fast forward to November, where his three fighters are fighting and they all win. He's 5-0 in 2021 alone. And they're all set for a huge 2022. I mean, there's rumors of him fighting, of Usman fighting Leon Edwards, of Justin getting the next title shot, and of Rose fighting Carla. And we're only in the third day of January. Yeah, the third day of January. Can you, like, who else? Eugene Behrman, I would have gave it to him, but Israel lost, like. If your champion loses, I don't care if it's a weight class above, like, you're you're out of the running. Habib Nurmagomedov, he was my runner-up. But I can't deny someone that has two UFC champions and went 3-0 and in one night against the cream of the crop competition. Mike Brown and Conan Salveria, Amanda Nunes lost. Kyoji Haraguchi lost. Jorge Masvidal lost. They had a lot of wins in 2021, but people remember the losses. And if I'm sounding mean, I don't mean to, but I'm just trying to be as neutral as possible. Female knockout of the year. The nominees are Chris Cyborg versus Sinead Kavanaugh, Bellator 271. Marina Rodriguez versus Amanda Hibas, UFC 257. Amanda Lemus versus Montserrat Conejo Reese, a UFC on ESPN 26. Rose Namajunas versus Wei Li Zhang, a UFC 261. And the winner is Rose Namajunas versus Wei Li Zhang. At UFC 261. I gave this to Rose because nobody thought she was going to win. Nobody thought. And then with Chris, you're like, Chris is going to probably win by knockout. Marina Rodriguez, as far at that point, as far as I know, like nobody really knew anything about her. She was coming off the contender series. Nobody knew the monster she was. And people automatically thought Amanda Hebus was going to win that fight. Amanda Lemus, she came into her own after that fight. But then again, what I thought about when doing this was the type of competition you were up against. No disrespect to Montserrat Conejo. I've been following her career a long time. But you do that to Wei Li, you're going you're gonna to win in my book the way she did it. She, I mean, again, she was out cold stiff. And then she got up to complain. But what is there to complain about? Nothing. So, Rose Namajunas 
gets that one in my book. And I know I'm going to get a lot of flack for this one. Male, knockout of the year. This one was hard. Yuri Prochatska. With his fight against Dominic Reyes at UFC on ESPN 23. Corey Sanhagen with his knockout win over Frankie Edgar at UFC on ESPN Plus 43. Roman Feraldo with his knockout win over Robert Turnquist at Bellator 271. Francis Ninganu with his knockout win over Stipe Miocic at UFC 260. Kamaro Usman with his knockout win over Jorge Masvidal at UFC 261. Sergio Perez with his knockout win over Kyoji Haraguchi at Bellator 272. The winner is Betty. Sergio Perez versus Kyoji Haraguchi. At Bellator 272. Now I know. I know. People are probably going to be mad. They're. They're they're probably telling yourself right now. As you listen to this. You have. Jorge Masvidal getting knocked out by Kamar Usman. How is that not knocked out of the year? There was nothing special about it. You're telling me. Because of the fact that Jorge was the striker. Over the wrestler. And he knocked him out the way he did. I should give it to him. Didn't matter. If that was the top flight criteria. I would have gave it to Yuri. Because look at. How. John Jones struggled with Dominic Reyes. And look at what Yuri did to him. And I didn't give it to Corey because, let's be honest, Frankie's getting up there in age. He probably shouldn't be fighting anymore. And no knock on Corey. Corey did what he had to do. Roman Feraldo, he did a flying knee like his training partner Jorge Masvidal on Jorge's birthday. But again, level of competition played a factor in this one Francis Ngannou versus Stipe Miocic you had the idea for Francis to win it would be against Stipe I mean it would be by knockout now here's the reason I gave it to to Sergio over Haraguchi Haraguchi was winning that fight Haraguchi like he was doing no wrong in that fight Sergio pulled a rabbit out of his hat. The sequence itself was magical. If you haven't seen that fight, go watch that fight. The sequence itself was magical. If you remember, Sergio throws a head kick and he spins around and just threw the spinning back fist and knocked out Haraguchi out cold stiff. Out cold stiff. Again, if you want me to give it to Jorge just because Jorge got, I mean to Kamaru just because he knocked out Jorge stiff. I'm going to give it to Sergio because what Sergio did was spectacular. Sergio was losing. Sergio had to do that. Like, 
There was no other way for Sergio to win but with the finish, and he got it. Okay, because Sergio was losing that fight. Kamar Usman was in control of the fight. And I believe it happened early, like in the second round. Like, Sergio had to do this. So I gave it to Sergio because it was a crazy sequence. Spinning back fist, boom. Haraguchi out cold stiff. So that's my knockout of the year for the men. We got two more. We're going to do female fighter of the year and then male fighter of the year. And then I'll let you guys go with who we got to look out for in 2022. Female fighter of the year. The nominees are Amanda Nunes, Chris Cyborg, Valentina Shevchenko, Kayla Harrison, Juliana Pena, and Rose Namajunas. And the winner is Kayla Harrison. Again, I know people are going to be upset, but hear me out. Amanda Nunes, she went one and two. She beats Megan Anderson and then loses to Juliana Pena. Chris Cyborg went 2-0. Valentina Shevchenko went 2-0. Kayla Harrison goes 4-0. Juliana Pena, I believe she went 2-0. So Amanda's out because she lost. Chris Cyborg, she won. But still, she goes 2-0. Valentina Shevchenko, she wins by controlling people. She won 2-0. The reason I gave it to Kayla is because Chris Cyborg struggled a little bit. Valentina looked like she could have finished but didn't. And then Kayla just dominant. Dominant. Like, there was not a single fight she was in that you could be like, okay, she could lose this. People are going to say that, whoa, the level of competition is not the highest. You can prove that right now in 2022 with free agency that she probably is one of the best, whether it is going to Bellator or the UFC. Although I honestly think it's highly likely that she's going to go to Bellator because I don't think she wants to fight her training partner. And one thing I want to say in Kayla's defense, like there's a video of people's reaction when Juliana Pena beat Amanda Nunes. And you can physically see that Kayla Harrison was upset. And a lot of people took that as, oh, she's upset because now her fight with Amanda is dead. I'm not saying that's not accurate. That could be, but maybe it's because she just saw her friend lose. Did we ever think about that? Dude, did you guys even know that Kayla Harrison trains at American Top Team? With Amanda Nunes, did you guys think about that? Maybe she wanted to see her friend succeed. Did we think about that? Because if you didn't and you only thought, well, she's only mad because her opportunity is gone. I don't think that's true. And I believe we should give Kayla Harrison a little more credit because she deserves that.
because she's even said in the past, I don't want it to be like a Jorge Masvidal, Colby Covington situation. For those that don't know, Colby used to train at ATT. And because he let his character get so far out of hand, they ended up putting a gag order, but people still wanted to beat him up in the gym. So from what I heard, because I haven't talked to anybody involved in the situation, Dan Lambert kicked both Jorge and Colby out. And he invited them both back, but then Colby said, no, I'm good. I'm going to go somewhere else. So I don't know. I believe we should give Kayla a little more credit. Okay, final award for the year of 2021. Male Fighter of the Year. The nominees are Kamaru Usman, the welterweight champion. Glover Teixeira, the light heavyweight champion. Israel Adesanya, the middleweight champion Brandon Moreno. The flyweight champion Dustin Poirier, the number one contender at lightweight. Vadim Nankov, the Bellator light heavyweight champion. And Charles Oliveira, the UFC lightweight champion. The winner is, this should come as no surprise because I believe everybody has him as the male fighter of the year. If they don't, something's wrong with him. Them, it would be. Kamaru, the Nigerian Nightmare, Usman. I mean, who else? Tell me who else. If you can tell me who else, I'll think about it. But who else? Who else had a dominant year as he did? He beat arguably the three biggest challenges in the welterweight division. He beat Gilbert Burns by TKO. He knocked out Jorge Masvidal stiff. Like, it was stiff, bro. Like, he was snoring. Okay? Like, don't tell me he wasn't. And then he has that crazy fight with Kobe Covington at the end of the year. Where you pretty much knew he was winning. Unless something crazy happened. Like, come on, bro. Congratulations to the winners. For the last segment of the day, we're going to look at fighters to look out for in 2022. Ready? Let's go. Oh, wait. There's still one more award. And this is not really an award because there's no nominees. I just felt that these guys deserved it. Which were the breakthrough fighters of the year, which are AJ McKee and Kayla Harrison. I gave it to them because unless you really followed MMA, when I mean that, you watched other stuff besides UFC. You didn't really know who these guys were up until this last year, I feel, because they were really in the news. I mean, these guys are possibly, because AJ's in the champs clause, so he's not technically a free agent yet, but if he plays his cards right, he would be, and then Kayla Harrison is a free agent, so we'll see what where she's going to go. 
But these guys are two of the hottest names in MMA right now that aren't in the UFC. That, on the contrary to what Dana says, the UFC are very interested in these two. I guarantee that. So fighters to look out for in 2022. Sean O'Malley. He's officially ranked. Anatoly Tokov. The guy from Fedor's camp. Conor McGregor. Anything Conor does is box office. So that should be no surprise to you guys. Hamza Chimaev. I mean, this guy just needs to keep winning and he'll eventually get the title shot. They should give it to him now, in my opinion, but they won't. Both the Diaz brothers, anytime their name comes up, you're watching. Don't tell me you're not. Because if you're not, you're a straight-up liar. If you're saying, I'm not watching, you're a straight-up liar. Juliana Pena, of course, with the way she ended last year. Of course, anything she does next in her immediate future. Is going to be newsworthy. Valentina Chepchenko. Will she go up to try to be a two-way champion? Chris Barnett. The guy that did the wheel kick to John Volante. You know, next time he fights, it's going to be crazy. Colby Covington. Of course, anything Colby does is newsworthy. Jose Aldo, the Tom Brady. I believe he's going to fight TJ next. You know, we're going to be watching. Kayla Harrison. Her next move would be an interesting one. Amanda Nunez. Again, in her immediate future, you're probably going to see her fight Juliana Pena. AJ McKee. He's probably going to fight Patricio Pitbull again as part of his Champions Clause. Aaron Pico. I believe this guy doesn't get enough love. He deserves more of it. And then Max Holloway. Anything Max does, we're excited for. But, see, even Ariel has Kamar Usman as fighter of the year. There's one guy I want to talk about that I feel nobody's talking about. And I want to know why, which is Hussein Ashkabov. The Lion. That dude is 24-0. And if his Twitter is anything... If it's not true, I wish it was true. Because supposedly nobody in the UFC is trying to fight that guy. I don't know how true that is. But supposedly nobody in the UFC is trying to fight that guy. And I want to know why. Because I want to see this guy fight. This guy has so much hype behind him. And I have never seen him fight live. And I want to see him fight. Like, I know you could tell me, Adrian, just go back, watch his old fights. Like, no, because I already know how this is. I want to see a live fight. I want to see a fight happening in real time. See if he can handle the pressure of the big show. That's all I got for you guys. Let's say hello to 2022 and with positive vibes, positive energy. Deuces, guys. Again. Follow me on Instagram, Punch in the Mouth Official, Twitter, Official underscore PITM, YouTube, Punch in the Mouth TV. I will be uploading videos very soon, probably as early as this week, most likely. I'm going to do a new type of show where I break down 
the fights coming up and give a verdict and all that stuff. I'm really excited. All right, deuces, guys. I hope you had a good holiday season. I hope you enjoy the show and I bring some type of positivity in your life. Later.